Well, as we move on in the book of Colossians, we're going to tackle verses 9 through 14 of chapter 1, a prayer for growth. You know, if you've just recently led someone to Jesus Christ, maybe you're praying for a child or a grandchild that's new to the faith. Maybe you're wondering what to pray for yourself or for others. Well, this is a perfect prayer to pray. It's a built-in prayer for growth, and it's today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Paul says in Ephesians 1.17, he says, I'm praying that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. I pray, Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul's prayer is that they might fully grasp and live out the word of God. That's what we want. Your word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have what? Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is how we get wisdom for living. It's through the living and abiding word of God. This is how we understand the will of the Lord. I told you that Ephesians, which is just a few pages before Colossians, go over there. Ephesians is kind of the twin letter to Colossians. Go to Ephesians 5, look at verse 15, and it says these words. Ephesians 5, 15 says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Ephesians 5, 16 making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine. That's dissipation, that's a waste. But be filled with the Spirit. Filled with knowledge, filled with the Spirit. I think they're the same. I think when you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with knowledge. Would you not agree? He's called the teacher or the spirit of truth in John 16. So when you're filled with the spirit, you're going to walk in knowledge. The Holy Spirit is God. So when you're filled with the spirit, you're going to be going in a direction that pleases God. You're not going to be doing something wacky or off kilter or whatever. The Holy Spirit came to glorify Jesus to align us with the word of God and the will of God. So to be filled with the Spirit is really to be filled with the knowledge of God. But it's not just the knowledge of God. What we need is the power of God. Harry Ironside, a pastor from some years back, he's written several commentaries, is a great example of a preacher full of God's Word. Under his mother's guidance, Harry began to memorize Scripture when he was three years old. By the age of 14, he had read through the Bible 14 times, once for each year of his life. During the rest of his life, he read the Bible through at least once a year. A pastor friend told me of a Bible conference in which Harry Ironside was there with two other preachers. During the conference, the speakers discussed their approaches to personal devotions. Each man shared what he had read from the Word that morning. When it was Ironside's turn, he hesitated and then said, I read the book of Isaiah this morning. Uh, The book of Isaiah happens to be 66 chapters. And it's not light reading. That tells us something about uh, the word of God comes out of a life that sows to it. Amen. Whatever a man sows to, that he is going to what? Reap. It's just going to come out. Now, some of you are thinking, man, I have barely time to eat dinner some days. 
How do I do this? Well, instead of listening to other stuff, listen to the Bible in your car. You say you have an ear gate, you have an eye gate. There's different ways to get the word of God into you. And sometimes just listening to it is, is a great thing. You're, in, you're on the 91 for two hours, turn on sermons. You can have like a traveling seminary in your car. You know, in my early years, before I became a pastor, I was in sales. I was an outside salesperson for a company. And I got a lot of my Bible training just by listening to Christian radio all day long. I would listen to 10, 15 sermons a day. I couldn't get enough of it. And some of you are that way right now. You're just beginning to understand the Bible and the Word of God, and you're seeing connections and prophecy and the beauty of the wisdom of Almighty God, and you just can't get enough, and that's great. Just keep doing it, because God will bring you growth in your life. Now, the second part of Paul's prayer, in verse 10, he says, so that you may walk. When you get the right wisdom, you get the right walk. You might want to write that down. When you get the right wisdom, you get the right walk. There is always a direct connection between what you take in and how you walk. Amen? It's basic, right? You are what you eat, the old commercial said, from your head down to your feet. How many of you remember that one? <laughs> Healthy eating campaign. Man, my, my little sayings from years gone by are hitting less and less of you. Most of you are what is he talking about? <laughs> Just never mind. Strike it from the record. <laughs> you will always walk out what you take in. You will. As a man thinks, so he is. And so, when we get the wisdom of God into our hearts and minds, we, we wonder, there's a whole segment of the Christian church today, you kind of wonder if they even understand the basics. You know, they do surveys today of Bible knowledge, and I'll tell you what, it's getting more and more sad as the years go by. People can't even name the four Gospels. You ask people who preached the Sermon on the Mount, and they're like, ah, uh, In Britain, they did a survey, and they started to name superheroes that they thought were in the Bible. Not joking, like Superman, that kind of thing. It's a sad commentary. For some people, the Bible just seems like a closed book. Have you noticed that for some people, they don't even want to touch it? <laughs> hey, let's open up. Why? You know, you get into this book, and it's just so rich and deep. But the devil wants to keep you from this book. This book... It's been attributed to several different people that said this. This book will keep you from sin. And sin will keep you from this book. There's people who don't, they don't want to open it. They don't want to hear it because they know that there's going to be light rays that go into their life. But it's good, man. It's like a searchlight. And when it comes in, yeah, the word of God does some house cleaning. But it's good house cleaning, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes it hurts a little, but... He says, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in how many? All respects. Here it is. Bearing fruit, the participle here is present and continuous, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice how the right knowledge connects to the right life or the right walk. Just in the next chapter, look at uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so 
walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And notice how it moves into verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. This is it. We want to walk out what we believe. And the only way we can strengthen our walk is to get into the Word of God and have the dynamic power of Almighty God. Remember, this is a prayer that Paul is praying for them. He prays that they would be wise. He prays that they would walk in a manner worthy of their calling. The word worthy is axios in Greek, and it, and it means to balance the scales. When we look at people, what do we usually want to measure? We want to usually see if their talk measures up with their walk, right? And we say stuff like this, well, practice what you preach, preacher. <laughs> and and we're, we're, we're with that, right? We understand that. Because there should be an ever more leveling. At first, when you're a Christian, it's kind of like this on the scales. <laughs> right? But then, here's the image. This is actually what the Greek word means, a worthy walk. It means you start to balance the scales between who you are and how you live. It takes time. I celebrate grace every single day. Saved by grace, through faith. But I still want to walk out who I am. And I fail every day. But I want to balance the scales more and more so that they start tipping at least in the right direction. So I haven't been a Christian for 10 years and it's still... Right? We want to try to balance the scales. We want to get more weightiness, more substance. We should be saying stuff like this. Lord, I want to be a man or woman of honor. I don't care if the world's like this. I want to balance the scales. And you say, well, pastor, this all sounds so good, but how do you do it? Here's the next plank of the prayer, verse 11. Paul prays that they would be strengthened. Look at verse 11. With all power. Don't you love that? Strengthened with all power according to whose might? His, God's glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously. Now, strengthened is the word dunamao. It's the idea of giving ability to make someone capable. I can do... Praise God, you guys already know the verse. I can do all things through Christ. This is not, I can do all things through me. This is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in the context of Philippians 4, the famous verse that sometimes people wear on their eye black, Philippians 4.13, right? To win a football game or whatever. I know what they're saying, and I don't even mind that. I put it on eye black when I play somebody in racquetball just to intimidate them. <laughs> yeah! I got the Lord! I don't know. <laughs> I did years of coaching, and... You know, we would have some, some great seasons and the coaches would say, yeah, but he's got God on his side. I said, well, you can too. <laughs> Strengthen with all might. God wants to give you strength with all power. It's according to his glorious might. And when we see a verse like verse 11, we're thinking, yeah, I can, I can leap tall buildings with a single bound. I can be a super Christian. Give me my cape right now. Give me my ass on my chest.
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what are you wrestling with in your life? In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness. It's no secret the Christian life is difficult, but you can take comfort in knowing you are not alone. In Pastor Michael Lance's book, Suit Up, he shows you a revealing look at God's armor and how the Lord will equip you to face the world. You'll learn about the nature of the battle, who the real enemy is, and God's provision to be victorious. Learn about how each piece equips you for spiritual battle when you get your copy of Suit Up today on walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. I got the Lord! I I did years of coaching and, you know, we would have some, some great seasons and the coaches would say, yeah, but he's got God on his side. I said, well, you can too. <laughs> Strengthen with all might. God wants to give you strength with all power. It's according to his glorious might. And when we see a verse like verse 11, we're thinking, yeah, I can, I can leap tall buildings with a single bound. I could be a super Christian. Give me my cape right now. Give me my S on my chest. But actually, the power that Paul prays for here in verse 11 is for the attaining of steadfastness and patience. Oh, you say, Pastor Michael, wait a minute. I've been told never to pray for patience. Everybody with me? Because I've heard stories, and this is enough for me. And we've got some personal testimonies in the room. If you pray for patience, God's going to put you in situations where you need to exercise it. And I don't like that. Here, I want to give you a moment of relief right now. This is a prayer you're praying for others. Isn't that great? You should text somebody and say, hey, I prayed that you would have patience today. And they'll probably reply, no! Why? Paul's prayer is, hupomone is the first Greek word, steadfastness. It means cheerful endurance. It's the kind of steadfastness which enables a soldier to hold his place in the battlefield. And the second word is macrothrumia in Greek, and it means to be long-tempered. The first word, steadfastness, has to do with patience in difficult circumstances. The second word has to do with patience with people. Circumstances and people, Paul's praying for both. Sometimes when we think of Christian power, we think of power to go out and witness, and certainly God does do that. We think of power to maybe conquer a fear and overcome something or a spiritual gift and that's all true but in this prayer the power that Paul prays for is actually to be persevering and patient have you prayed that do you pray that for others sometimes if there's chaos in your household here's what I would recommend if there's chaos in the next room before you go out there to confront it what's going on around here why can't we ever get these things together That usually helps. (laughs) What's wrong with you people? (laughs) You might want to just stay in that room and pray. Oh, Lord, I'm not going out until you fix it. (laughs) 
Sound wimpy? I think it's wise, actually. This is a prayer for a conquering patience. This is a prayer that God would give us the steadfastness in difficult circumstances and with difficult people not to quit. And one of your big, biggest temptations in the Christian walk is going to be to quit. How many of you have written multiple resignation letters at your job, whether on paper or in your head? It's okay to be honest. I mean, there's lots of days, <laughs> right? We want to quit. I listened to a lady last night. She runs a, a Christian organization. She said she's written 100 resignation letters. <laughs> Never sent one yet. She's written a lot of them in her head, written one on the computer. We've all probably done it. There's times when we want to quit and give up on everything. It's just too hard. Warren Wearsby said, it's always too soon to quit. Always. Because the Lord never gives up on us. And when you pray for somebody that they have persevering power, do you notice that sometimes it does something to you? When you start praying for others to hang in there, it starts to change your heart as well. He says, he adds the, the word, um, verse 11. He says, he adds the word, steadfastness, patience, joyously. Uh, you ever run into a Christian and you, hey, how are you doing today? Now look, I'm going to qualify this by saying we should be real and real enough to be able to share our struggles with people. How are you doing today? Hanging in there, bro. By a thread. You know, there. There's sometimes this grim uh, sadness in us. And look, life is hard. News reports are hard to take. The Christian life can be challenging, but Paul's writing this letter from prison. I mean, he could have whined about his circumstances, but he said, joyously. So one of the prayers that we pray for people is that they'll have more joy. Do you, have, do you know a joyless Christian? Are you a joyless Christian? Well, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. In fact, these uh, descriptors, these characteristics in verse 11 are all fruits of the Holy Spirit that we find in Galatians 5. This goes with the joy. Look at verse 12. And in some versions, joy is connected with verse 12. Others, it's in verse 11. It says, giving thanks. He's still praying. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Sometimes when we look at our attitude, we ask the question, well, why should I have that attitude when my circumstances are so poor and difficult because God has qualified you. Look at verse 12. He's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Once we walked in darkness, now we are what? Light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Don't walk around like Schleprock. How many of you remember Schleprock? All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Schleprock was an old character on the Flintstones. And he, wherever he walked, there was a cloud only over him. And it was like raining on him. And you come around, along with Schleprock and how you doing? Oh, yeah, Nash. Oh, good. And it would only be on him. Right? You're in the light. Walk as children of light. Some years ago, we had the African Children's Choir with us. And uh, we got to host three boys in our home. And they're... A lot of them come from households where one of the parents have died or both to AIDS or starvation. 
And they go on this choir and they sing all over the world and we got to host them for a couple of nights in our house and the boys were so polite. They were about the ages of our boys. And so that we'd get in the car and we'd drive them somewhere and they'd start singing in the back seat. And they'd say, he is our light. He is your light. He is our light. <laughs> and I went in the car like this. They're singing. And then, and my kids are in the car too. And then everywhere we went, they call everybody uncle or auntie. They'd say, thank you so much, Uncle Michael, for driving us. And may God bless you. And I'd look at my kids and I'd say, did you hear that? I want immediate implementation. <laughs> he is your light. <laughs> Qualified. See verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has... Who qualified you? The Father through the Son. Qualified. How many of us say, I'm unqualified? You know who qualifies you? Jesus, you know why you can rejoice and give thanks right now? You're qualified. You have the righteousness of Christ in your account by faith. He's made you holy. He's qualified you. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. It goes on to say, for he, verse 13, delivered us from the domain of darkness. The word domain there can speak of a kingdom. And when a, a king would conquer another land, he would take them into his own domain. Luke twenty-two fifty-three. 53, Jesus said the domain of darkness, he mentioned the domain of darkness, it was their hour on that night when he was betrayed. But Jesus reigns over the domain of light and we've been transferred now from the domain of darkness, look at verse 12, he delivered us, that speaks of rescue, that speaks of redemption, he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You are now a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of light. You've been transferred. Amen. I got my transfer papers. I'm in the kingdom of God, signed in the blood of the lamb. That's why I give thanks. I'm qualified. I've been made right. I've been forgiven. And in whom, in Jesus Christ, we have, look at verse 14. We have... It's the kingdom of his beloved son, verse 13, in, in whom or in him we have, what's that word? Redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If you look at Ephesians 1, go back a few pages and we'll finish here. Shane, if you can hear my voice, come on up. Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 7. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. God has given us this beautiful salvation and this is the message of hope. And this is what we should be praying for people. We should be praying for wisdom and a worthy walk, and strength, and that they would know who they are, and who's paid for their sins, and they would be secure, and because of that knowledge, they would have joy. I'm going to encourage you right now. Take out your phone. Take out your phone, it's okay. And text somebody that you're going to pray Colossians 1, 9 through 14 over them today. You know what, don't even, don't even tell them what the verses are. Make them go look them up. You don't have to do it right now, but you can. But tell them, 
You, you have a lady at the woman's retreat right now, you'll blow her mind. Tell your wife, I pray, I'm praying Colossians 1, 9 through 14, over you today, I love you. Look, if we could do this for one Christian one day, Monday for one Christian, Tuesday for the next, what do you think that might do to your sphere of influence? What do you think that might do to your prayer life? What do you think that might do for your friends who are struggling as Christians? Maybe there's somebody on your heart right now, you haven't seen them around for a while, you're not even sure if they're walking with the Lord. In fact, some of you know some people who have quit. They're nowhere to be found. But you kind of have an idea that they're a Christian. Why don't you text them and say, I'm praying Colossians 1, 9 through 14 over you today. It's a good way to implement the Word of God. Now, of course, we want you to wait until you're done driving to do this task. So please don't text and drive. But when you have an opportunity, please pray about texting this to a brother or sister that you're praying Colossians 1, 9 through 14 over them today. Hey, please pray about supporting Walk in Truth. We would love to expand this program into more radio markets, but we first need to reach a very large goal. So every bit does help, and having you walk together with us as a partner would be even more beneficial. You can give online or mail in your donation. Get all the information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We appreciate your partnership. Well, we're finished with the first part of Colossians 1, but there is plenty more to learn from the Apostle Paul in this majestic first chapter of Colossians. So come back next time on this station to learn how Jesus is in fact God. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.